John 19:15. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered We have no king but Caesar. Preamble by Robert Our journey over these past months has, through following Yeshua's footprints lead us to this point in history. We are about to relive that momentous day our salvation and grace was being offered because of Yeshua's sacrifices for us. His real journey was just beginning to become the deity he was, his task which Yehua had placed before him was completed, the doorway for his ascending was being opened right before those who were witnessing God bringing home his son. Yeshua was in the first stages of re-entering eternity to prepare a place in his father's house for us. As humans, we see the brutality put upon him, not recognizing it is for us, which Yeshua suffered all this day. John 19:28. After this Yeshua knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith I thirst. V29 Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. V30 When Yeshua, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Opening Prayer by Robert Heavenly Father reign unto all spiritually following in your Son's footprints, knowledge of the profound sacrifices Yeshua made for all. Place in our hearts and memories your love so we may know deep compassion and discernment. Not to mourn but to fully comprehend your gift of life and eternity offered and the dear price paid. Bring to us Father knowledge that we might share this love and compassion to others as we go forward in your name, casting our nets or preaching about your gift of life and eternity. Place unto us a spirit of compassion humility, gentleness caring, peacefulness and the desire to do goodwill to all men. In all of this, as obedient servants, we will know the pain and price already paid and offer your love freely with love, knowledge, and faith. Finally, raise our will, faith and hope, so we can stand against all forms of darkness and evil even unto death. I pray in your name Yeshua. Amen and Amen. Opening Statement by Robert So here we are some 2,000 years plus following in his footprints, perhaps taking the sacrifice a little bit for granted or maybe really not fully understanding. Whatever the case, I am referring you back to the junction where we were making an informed decision about the level of our walk and the depth of our faith. Where the Lord through the Holy Spirit brought me to John 19 1-15 to remind us what took place that day, so we will not during our renewed journey, forget how precious our gifts are. How vital our work in Yeshua's name today is to those still trapped in the snares and wiles of Satan. We talk about the sacrifices Yeshua made while walking with us. However, time and the fact we did not witness the crucifixion, we may tend to take some of it for granted or perhaps not see it as severe as we should. This is not to question our faith or walk. I believe Yeshua wants us to have a historical look at what transpired that day. Perhaps as described, we spiritually feel the lashes, the slaps, the humiliation, the thorny crown being pressed into our heads, the degradation of being stripped naked, and finally knowing we have not done anything wrong to our final demise crucifixion. In case you have forgotten, I warned you all about following in Yeshua's footprints where it was going to lead us. Well, here we are, and I hope you took the time to choose how you were going to serve and measured the depth of your faith and the strength of your will. The following is probably going to be the most heart-wrenching spiritual experience you may ever encounter. However, I encourage you to draw from the thickest part of your being the endurance to complete this part of the journey, as the rewards at the end will be phenomenal. Now I am asking you to use your imagination during this section of the article while Yeshua's trial and eventual demise are described. If this part is too graphic at any time, please skip forward.
However, I pray you will endure. I believe we are to experience as much as possible, which in the end will deepen our understanding and ability to share God's love as well as our own. Please remember to use your imagination to bring the words the Apostle John gives us in John 19 1-15 to life so we might feel the event as it transpires. V.1 Then Pilate, therefore, took Yeshua, and scourged him. V.2 And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. V.3 And said Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. I am bringing in Matthew Henry. 1662-1774, who, in commentary details, the depth of a Roman scourging The Roman scourgings were ordinarily very severe, not limited, as among the Jews, to forty stripes yet this pain and shame Yeshua submitted to for our sakes. Some are going to ask why I included the following information as it describes the brutality of scourging, so I am warning some of the explanations being shared are shocking disgusting and could provoke revolt and nausea but I believe necessary for us to fully comprehend the depth of the suffering Yeshua submitted to. It is easy to say he was scourged, but to fully understand the extent of his suffering, we need to know what it physically means to grasp the full significance of his sacrifice. So we might fully acknowledge without a question how precious Yeshua's sacrifice was and never from this point on ever take it for granted or become complacent in our walk. To fully understand the severity of this scourging, I did some research on the type of whip used during Yeshua's crucifixion. The style of whip used on Yeshua during the flogging. The Romans called it the flagrum. It was a whip with a short handle and generally with long thongs, each weighted at some distance from their extremity with lead balls or mutton bones. In action, the straps cut the skin, while the balls or bones created deep contusions. The result was significant hemorrhage and a considerable weakening of the vital resistance of the victims. In compensation, if one may call it that, this weakening shortened their agony on the cross. As Matthew Henry, 1662-1774, pointed out, there were no limits to the number of strokes ministered. The research stated that upon examining the shroud, approximately 100 or more strokes were administered to Yeshua. This was evidenced by the fact he could not in his weakened state finish carrying his cross. The style of thorns which shaped the crown placed on Yeshua's head. Pilate turned Yeshua over to his soldiers, to be ridiculed and made sport with as a fool. John 19:23. The soldiers, who were the governor's lifeguard, put a crown of thorns upon his head such a crown they thought fittest for such a king. They put on him a purple robe, some old threadbare coat of that color, which they considered good enough to be the badge of his royalty and they complimented him with, Hail King of the Jews, like people like King, and they smote him with their hands. Keep, in mind, these were seasoned warriors who were striking Yeshua with their hands strengthened through battle preparation. John Gill, 1697-1774, describes what came next then came Yeshua forth out of the judgment hall or place where he had been scourged. As soon as Pilate had said these words, wearing the thorny crown, and blood running down from thence, and his face and eyes swollen with the blows he had received from their closed fists, and all besmeared with his own blood and the soldier's spittle. His body appears to be almost of the same color with the purple or scarlet robe, through the stripes and lashes he had received, when that was thrown back. This image is a makeup created with information provided from the shroud, it shows the depth of brutality ministered to Yeshua during the scourging. And Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man, not their king, that would have provoked them. Though he did say so afterward when he found he could not prevail upon them to agree to his release, the man, to move their compassion, signifying, that he was a man as they were. 
and that they ought to use him as such, and treat him with humanity and pity. That he was a poor despicable man, as the condition, he was revealed, and that it was a weak thing in them to fear anything concerning any change of, or influence in civil government from one that made such a figure. Therefore should be satisfied with what had been done to him and dismiss him. John Gill 1697-1771, relates the true feelings of the prosecutors, instead of being pacified, they were but the more exasperated. John 19 6-7. The chief priests, who headed the mob, cried out with fury and indignation, and their officers or servants, who must say as they said joined with them in crying, Crucify him, crucify him. The Czech pilot gave to their fury, still insisting upon the prisoner's innocence. Take you him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. This was not permission to do it, as appears from the reason he gives, in which the innocence of Yeshua is again asserted, nor did the Jews take it in this light, as is evident from their reply. The Jews answered him, finding they could make nothing of the charge of sedition against him, and that Pilate could not be prevailed upon to condemn him to death upon that score. They try another method and charge him with blasphemy. We have a law, meaning the law of Moses, which they had received by his hands from God. And by our constitution, he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. This is the turning point where Pilate begins to conceive a plan to free Yeshua because with this new charge, he became fearful, and in doing so, made himself vulnerable to the Jews. His fear was on account of his wife's message, and partly upon a conviction of the innocence of Yeshua. As well it was a well-known fact when the Romans conquered a nation, they scorned the leaders, however, respected their gods. He knew little of their law and could not understand the meaning of it. If he didn't pay attention, it could cause more tumult since they were already very clamorous and noisy. When Pilate, therefore, heard that saying he was the more afraid. And went again into the judgment hall, taking Yeshua along with him to interrogate him alone upon this head. And saith unto Yeshua whence art thou? But Yeshua gave him no answer, for his question was frivolous and deserved none. Since Yeshua was come to die for the salvation of his people, it was not proper, he should say anything that might be a means of hindering it. Then saith Pilate unto him being angry with him, resenting his silence, and looking upon it as a contempt of him. Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have the power to crucify thee, the power to release thee? Yeshua answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it was given thee from above. Power was given to Pilate from heaven against him, not for any evil he himself had committed, or merely to gratify the envy and malice of the Jews. But for the salvation of God's elect, and for the glorifying of the divine perfections. Therefore, he that delivereth me unto thee, hath the greater sin. All sins are not equal, the circumstances of things making an alteration, so that God's decree concerning the delivery of his Son into the hands of sinful men, does not excuse the sin of the betrayers of him. And thenceforth Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king, speaketh against Caesar, returning to their former charge of sedition, finding that that of blasphemy had not its effect. It is here where the Jews sprung their trap on Pilate, taking him past the fear of Yeshua's deity and replacing it with his fear of non-service to Caesar. When Pilate, therefore, heard that saying that a freeing of Yeshua would show unfriendliness to Caesar. And gave very broad hints. They would accuse him to Caesar of treachery and unfaithfulness in letting go of a man that made pretensions to be a king in his territories. And know well the jealousies and suspicions of Tiberius, 
and fearing lest it would turn to his own disrepute and disadvantage, immediately brought Yeshua forth to pass sentence on him. Pilate sat down in the judgment seat for that purpose. In the place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was a preparation of the Passover and he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king, but they cried out, Away with him, away with him. They were impatient until he was ordered away for execution, therefore, they say, Crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered We have no king but Caesar. Pilate hoped to release Yeshua via a Roman custom which was used at each feast in the year at the Passover, every year on the day of Passover the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner, whom they would. It was not a law, but a custom, peculiar to the Roman governor who either by order of Caesar or of himself, introduced such a tradition to get the favor of the people. For it was to them the release was made, and the person whom they pleased, being repeated annually for some time was expected by them, and at last, became necessary. John Gill, 1697-1771, relates the following, and they had a notable prisoner called Barabbas, who Pilate had committed to prison. He was a thief, and a robber, and had been guilty of sedition, had made or joined with others in an insurrection, and committed murder in it. And so on more accounts than one was deserving of death. Therefore when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I should release unto you Barabbas or Yeshua, which is called Christ? He puts it to them, whom they would choose to have released. His view was not to reproach Yeshua, by joining him with so wicked a man, but to save him. For Pilate knew that for envy they had delivered him, he saw in their countenance and by their charges against him, and by the whole of their conduct, that it was not out of any regard to Caesar or the peace and tranquility of the civic government. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas to be released to them and destroy Yeshua. The governor answered and said unto them a second time, after some time had been allowed and taken up to consider the matter and which the chief priests and elders improved among the people against Yeshua. Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? For as these two were proposed, one of them must be released, and it lay in the breast of the people to choose which they would, they said Barabbas. So that Yeshua was not only numbered among and reckoned with transgressors, but he was accounted worse than the worse of them, a seditious person, a robber, and a murderer were preferred before him. X 3:14. Pilate was astonished at their choice. He could not have thought they would have asked the life of so vile a wretch that had been guilty of such capital crimes, crimes to be abhorred by all men. His scheme had failed to produce the freedom he so sought for Yeshua. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Yeshua, which is called Christ? Surely, you would not have me put him to death, and that for no other reason but this, because he is called either by himself or others, Christ, or the Messiah, or the King of the Jews? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. Which was a Roman punishment, inflicted on the meanest and worst of men, like wicked servants, thieves, robbers, and cutthroats. So was not only a torturing and painful death but a very shameful and ignominious one, yea an accursed one. And the governor said, Why, what evil hath he done? He came into the world without sin, he did none in it, he knew no sin, nor could any be found in him, by Satan, nor his accusers, nor his judge. But they cried out the more saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw he could prevail nothing but rather a tumult was made, he took water, and washed his hands before he the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person see ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and our children. Then he released Barabbas unto them, 
and when he scourged Yeshua, he delivered him to be crucified. The soldiers of the governor took Yeshua into the common hall, and they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. This was an emblem of his being clothed as it were with our sins, which are a scarlet, and of his bloody sufferings in human nature. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed, or cane, in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying, Hail King of the Jews! They spit upon him, and took the reed or cane and smote him on the head, whereby they drove the sharp points of the thorns into it which must give him inexpressible pain and torture. And after they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and lead him away to crucify him. Research shows that the distance from the city because no stoning or crucifixions were done in the city, was approximately six miles. This is why the Romans compelled Simon. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene a place in Libya, Simon, by naming him they forced to bear his cross. Which they did, not out of the kind will to Yeshua but fearing lest, through his faintness and weakness, he should die before he got to the place of execution. It may be observed from hence, that taking up the cross and following Christ, is disagreeable to flesh and blood, though the spirit may be willing, the flesh recoils none to care for it, or choose to bear it unless constrained to it. And when they were come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink. It was a custom with the Jews vinegar mixed with gall, and when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments casting lots. They stripped him of his clothes before they fixed him to the cross and crucified him naked. That is the soldiers, they laid the cross upon the ground and stretched Yeshua upon it. They extended his two arms as far as they could, to the traverse part of it, and nailed his hands onto it. His two feet they fixed by each other on a basis, in the body of the cross, through which they also drove nails and then raising it up, set it in the earth, and left him hanging on it till he expired. Closing Comments by Robert This has been the most life-altering article I have written as a humble servant of God. I honestly had throughout my life inklings about the depth of suffering Yeshua went through, however, I never fully understood what that represented for me as an individual. I had always considered it yes for me as a follower but had never personalized it enough to actually comprehend the depth of love Yeshua felt for me. Not everyone else just me not saying he didn't feel or do the same for others as I know and understand he did it for all. This article for me put everything into perspective, so it becomes easier to recognize how little I truly know about suffering or genuinely sacrificing not only in my life but for those who are a part of my journey to life and eternity. I commented to my wife, Bunny Marie, that I'm just a few weeks away from 72 and how beautiful it is to be doing the Lord's work. Not just feeling His blessings but actually living them. Experiencing the joys of submission and comfort of support and love flowing into our lives. Knowing we will never be without love and caring, I realize there is no other need once you accept we have no power only that which our Father in Heaven bestows on us when we actually need it. Did you think He was just talking to Pilate and telling him he has no power it was only in his head until God brings you yours? As the article unfolded before me, I recognized there was so much I could learn so much Yeshua was teaching me about my walk how much there was missing. I could see in his silence Yeshua was actually speaking out to us on a spiritual level. His actions were pearls of strength for us. We just needed to stop and take the time to learn and decipher. He was demonstrating what it means to do God's will even knowing that our hour has come, Yeshua demonstrated we need to submit to God's will saying not as I will, but as thou wilt recognizing we need to seek the knowledge of what God's will is for us and silently commit ourselves to it. 
We must not by our silence throw away our lives because we are not lords over our lives, as Yeshua was of his nor can we know as he did when our hour has come. But we must learn, not to render railing for railing, 1 Peter 2 23. I learned to decipher all questions and recognize the person asking if they are worthy to ask the question, and if it's frivolous, no they deserve no answer. I found in spite of how strong or intelligent or influential, I believe I might hold nothing if it is not from above. All things of this world depend on above, and when they agree above first, they agree below and that there is no power below until that power is given from above. I learned to use this example when dealing with Pilate Yeshua used this wisdom when Pilate was impertinent he was silent, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like him, but saw it fit to answer him when he was imperious you answer a fool according to his folly lest he be wise in his own conceit. In my opening statement, I related there were many benefits and treasures to be found here in the conclusion I just described a few I have seen, and there are much more as you research and learn who Yeshua was and is today. God's Blessings Robert Closing Prayer by Robert Heavenly Father bring us to the river, which bringeth forth fruit that we may partake of its sustenance and be filled spiritually with nurturing and wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifices so we all may have an opportunity to walk the narrow path to life and eternity. Praise be unto you, Father, for all things in this world which you have created. Thank you, Father, for all increases we have received and will receive as we continue on our journey. Amen and amen in Yeshua's name. Today I stand before you all humbled and grateful for all I have received doing this article. I know our Father gives us a tender heart when we come to Him through faith and walk under His grace. If it is possible, I believe mine has been further tenderized. May you all go in peace and under God's care. Robert Psalm 1-1-3 Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. God speed to all.